Well, it's good to be back in the book of Activation this morning. It's really a better title than the book of Acts. It's all about activation. We come to the book of Acts chapter 13 this morning. And in this chapter, I've preached this around the world hundreds of times. But for the first time this past week, actually it was uh, two weeks ago when Stephen was preaching from Acts 13, the first 11 verses, a theme rose out that I'd never seen before, but it's all the specific examples of activation contained in chapter 13. We're going to see 14 or 15 distinct types of activation in chapter 13, because this is the book of activation. I think this morning will help us dial in what we mean by activation. Now, before we jump into Acts 13, and by the way, we are back using our Black Acts journals. If you uh, put these aside, um, we were in the book of Acts, the first 12 chapters, uh, beginning at the beginning of the year, uh, into May, and then we went through the Gospel of John. Now we're back in Acts. So just uh, pull these out. You'll have them next week. Uh, take notes on something, because I really think you'll want to preserve and save the thoughts that are in this message this morning. But before we dig into Acts 13, I want to just bring into focus the larger picture of the book of Acts. And it really is outlined for us in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, that's the outline of the book of Acts. The book of Acts is in three parts. It's the first seven chapters, Acts 1 through 7. It's activation in Jerusalem. Chapter 8 moves to all Judea and Samaria, 8 through 12. Now, this morning, we pick it up in chapter 13, which begins the third section of the book of Acts, 13 through uh, the final chapter, 28. That's the outline of the book of Acts in one verse. Well, Acts 1.8 not only identifies the outline of the book, but it also identifies the theme of the book. Because this verse also contains activation. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, what is that power for? It's activation. It's activating power. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It activates. The Holy Spirit activates. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it will activate in you so that God can then activate through you. And the whole book of Acts is one activation of the Holy Spirit after another. There's hardly anything in the book of Acts that doesn't somehow relate to the activation of the Holy Spirit shaping early church history. And today, the same thing applies. This is our verse. This, is, this in one verse describes not only the theme of the book of Acts, it describes the theme of the church through history. This is God's agenda today. He sends the Holy Spirit to activate Christ in us and to activate Christ's mission through us. Hallelujah. Welcome to church, people. 
We are a, an Acts 1-8 family. That's who we are. Now, before I leave this whole theme of activation, I want to give a word picture that might explain it better. What do we mean by activation? Well, how many of you, like me, brought your handheld computer? Don't you love it when you touch the screen and you get that, that uh, flashlight on? One of my pet peeves, it's got to be a flaw in the design. Anyway, so here we have uh, the handheld. How many of you brought your, your handheld computer this morning? Okay, that's almost unanimous. And if you didn't, it's probably because you inadvertently forgot. You wish you had it. Anyway. Now, let me just point out two features of this handheld computer. There is what most of us have come to know as the SIM card. Now, I had one of these for five years before I ever knew what a SIM card was. I didn't know what a SIM card I just bought the, 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 the phone. They, 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 they activated my SIM card. I, I wasn't even aware of it. And then my, my, I was having trouble, and I was sitting with a guy at a, at a gate at an airport, and he says, oh, you need to take out your SIM card and put it back in, and everything will be fine. I said, really? <laughs> Why haven't I known about this? So he, 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 he says, do you have a paper clip? Sure, I always carry paper clips. No, we, we looked around and found a paper clip, and bent it all open in that flat tip. You just put... You know, I thought when Steve Jobs invented the design on this thing, he, he, he fouled up leaving a little hole. I had no idea what that hole was for. It's where you stick the, the end of the, of the paper clip and out slides a drawer. And, and in the cradle of the drawer is this tiny little SIM card. Like, you all know this. I didn't know this. It's embarrassing. I didn't know this. Well, the SIM card, now you think it's funny that I didn't know what a SIM card was. Well, there are a lot of people that don't know that they have an internal SIM card, but it's called your spirit. A lot of people don't know they have a spirit. They know they have a body and they know they have a soul. They, they forget about the spirit. If you don't know about the spirit, it's worse than not knowing about your SIM card. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Because it's the spirit that's born again. Your soul's not born again. Your body's not born again. It's going to be redeemed, and your, your soul's in the process of being redeemed. But what got born again was your spirit. Your spirit got born again. And that spirit now is what picks up on all the activation of the Holy Spirit into your spirit. That's where activation comes from. Now, now. The other side of activation, thats we're talking about the device that we carry around with us, but the other factor is Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is the transmission or cellular coverage, but we'll just lump it all and call it Wi-Fi. And so coming that, that, that communicates with the SIM card is through the Wi-Fi. Well, the Wi-Fi is God's spirit, and your SIM card is your spirit. And when God's Spirit wants to communicate to you, he communicates from his Spirit to your Spirit, and that is activation. Hallelujah. I don't know if that helps you. Go ahead and take it, and you can use it. But let's <laughs> dig in now uh, to Acts chapter 13. It begins, verse 1. Now, there were in the church in Antioch prophets and teachers. Let's just stop there. Acts chapter 13. 
there is, first of all, there is the activation of gathering. This, this didn't just happen because these people liked each other. This is a supernatural gathering because when we look at the gathering, we find here, and listen to the names. There's Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger. He's from Africa. Barnabas, we know, is from Crete. He's a lowly Cretan. Now, that's, that's a, we would never use a derogatory term uh, to refer to a people group. God's delivered us from doing that. But back then, Cretans were like scum. And Barnabas was from Crete. Uh, you've got Simeon from Africa. You've got Lucius from Cyrene. Now, he's, he's a Roman. We've got Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch. So he's a Herodian. And then you've got Saul, who's a full-blooded Jew. Now, I'm telling you, naturally, these people hated each other. They hated each other. They were competing. Herodians hated the Jews. Jews hated Herodians. And yet, now, the five of these people that had nothing in common except Jesus are now together. That's supernatural gathering. Hallelujah. The second thing we see here, that's activation. That's what I'm saying. That's activation of gathering. When, when, when God gathers supernaturally people that would never be gathered together in one place and puts them together for a higher purpose, that is called supernatural gathering. That's activation. Now, the second thing we find here easily are the gifts of prophecy and teaching. There were, it says, in the church in Antioch, prophets and teachers, which means God had activated their gifts. So that's another level of activation that's going on here. Then we come to verse 2, and we see that what are they doing? They're not only together in proximity, but they're all praying, they're all fasting, and they're worshiping the Lord. Now that's activation of prayer, that's activation of seeking, and that's activation of worship. To put it inside these, the hearts of these believers to pray, to do more than just pray, to seek with fasting, that's serious seeking, who knows how long they were fasting? It doesn't say, but this is not just for one, one gathering. This is, this, when you fast, I mean, you wouldn't even, it wouldn't even mention that they were fasting if, if this was just over the dinner time. Somehow this is an, a little bit of an extended gathering for them to be fasting and, and for it to be written down that they were fasting. So this is a serious level of earnest seeking of God that God activated in them. I love that. The Bible says no one seeks God. If God's put within you to seek him, he did that, you didn't. Amen. That's activation. That's activation of seeking. And they were worshiping. There was a divine connection. Well, God gave us that this morning. Every time we gather and we sing, we don't necessarily connect with God. We, 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 we have the opportunity to but this morning, it was as if God came, and we felt the breakthrough, and, and God was breaking barriers, and, and, and we agreed on that in prayer. That's a connection in worship, and they had that. that. That's an activation of worship and connection in worship. And then it says, the Holy Spirit said to them. So now this is an activation of discerning 
the presence, the manifesting presence of the Lord among them. And then they not only discern the presence of the Lord, that's the big deal here, they discern, wow, God God is now among us manifesting, but then they all five of them, and these are people from different continents from crying out loud, from every political party that you could be from, there was somebody representing that. So so again, there was every reason to, to not be united, and yet they were united, and God, listen to this, God activated their hearing. They all heard the same thing. Now, I've been in meetings where where I might hear from God and nobody else does, or somebody else will hear from God and I don't. You you know what I'm talking about. But here, all five knew what God was saying, and they all heard him say the same thing. That's pretty remarkable. That's a hearing activation. Now, so far, all this activation has taken place at this prayer meeting. But when God activates in a prayer meeting, it's never to end inside the prayer meeting. It always leads beyond the prayer meeting. Because all activation is not just for us. It's activation in us so that through us, God can reach the nations. So what what do they hear God say? Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul uh, to the work to which I've called them. Wow. And so this now is the activation of mission. And look at verse 3. This little paragraph is summarized. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. What a fulfillment of mission. And then look at the next verse. This is incredible. Verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Before we even continue, just stop right there. Now, I thought, that, I thought they were sent out by the apostles. But, but now it's saying they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. So, so which is it? Were they sent out by the Holy Spirit or were they sent out by the apostles? The answer is yes. yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They were sent out. It's the mission. That's activation. And notice the activation flows through the church and impacts the world. This is the, this is the wonder of church, is that God activates here in this corporate gathering to impact the nations. Christianity is not a solo thing. Christianity isn't just, well, you come to faith and then write it out and stay at home and maybe watch online if you feel like it. No, this is a, this is a we're brought into the family. Activation happens here. It can happen personally, but in this context, it's totally corporate. So they go out, and it says they went down to Seleucia, sailed to Cyprus. They arrived in Salamis. They proclaimed the word of God, and John, it's interesting, a little detail there, verse 5, John the apostle was there with them for a time, And when they were there, there was this false prophet whose name was Bar-Jesus. Well, Bar-Jesus means son of Jesus. Now, don't don't misunderstand. This is not our Jesus. This is not the the Jesus born of Mary and died on the cross. And, you know, you've heard of this Jesus? This is not this guy's. So this guy's dad, his name was Jesus. It was another guy with the same name. And... And, but notice he's a false prophet. 
So he goes through his whole life with the name Son of Jesus. Think of that. Now, I am a son of Jesus. But this guy was not a son of Jesus. He was the son of the wrong Jesus. In fact, listen, listen to what, this is so wild. So here this guy is trying to discredit the preaching of the gospel on, on their first mission trip. And he's trying to, you know, he's throwing rotten tomatoes at them. And he's saying, don't believe these guys. He's given bad feedback on Yelp. Okay, so now, look at verse 9. This is activation. But Paul, who was also called, I'm sorry, but Saul, who was also called Paul. Now, before I finish the sentence, just stop there. This is the turning of the name change. This is the last time I think you'll find Saul anywhere in Scripture. From now on, it's going to be Paul. So here we go. We're shifting. Uh, Saul, who, who is also called Paul, and from now on, he's going to be called Paul. But look at, look at what happens to him. Looking, he, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now what that means is he's being activated. Something's being activated in him. Verse 9. He looked intently at this guy, son of Jesus, and said to him, listen to what he says, you son of the devil. Now here he spent his whole life being known as the son of Jesus, and now he's being called the son of the devil. I mean, talk about a name change. Wow, that's a backfire name change. That's like Paul took off the, the veneer of phony and exposed him for what he was. His prophecy, his activation was coming from the wrong source. His activation, bar Jesus, son of Jesus, was really son of devil, and, and his activation was coming from the devil, not from Jesus. Wow. You enemy of all righteousness, full of all deceit and villainy, will you not be stopped making crooked the straight paths of the Lord? And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and unable to see the sun for a time. So I, as, as Paul was calling out this guy, God activated in Paul discernment, boldness, accuracy, calling him for what he was, and in the process of calling him for what he was, phony, son of the devil, deceiver, liar, he got a word of knowledge. Yes. You're going to be blind for a season. You're not going to be able to see. And he was. Now, look at the result. This is so cool. Verse 12. You see, whenever God manifests, the result is always that people come to faith. It says, verse 12, then the proconsul believed when he saw what had occurred, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Just like when Jesus taught, they were astonished at his teaching. So here, Paul, they're astonished at his teaching, but what reinforced the power of the teaching was the power encounter with the devil. And it brought this guy to faith. So what we have here in verse 12 is the activation of faith. 
It's faith being activated. This guy didn't just believe on his own. God gave him faith. Faith stirred in his spirit, and he believed. Well, then there's more activation. Verse 13, Paul and his companions set sail for Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. That's where John left them and returned to Jerusalem. And then he went down to Perga and came to Antioch and Poseidon. This is not the Antioch that we started with in Acts chapter 13. This is a totally different Antioch. It's like yesterday I went out to see our daughter Andrea uh, and, and I drove through Bethlehem. That's not Bethlehem in Israel. That's Bethlehem in Georgia. There's another Bethlehem in Pennsylvania. There's a lot of Bethlehems. Well, there are a lot of Antiochs. This is a different Antioch. So now Paul went from one Antioch to the other Antioch. And he starts preaching. And the impact of his preaching is significant. He stays there a while. He begins preaching a week after week, day after day. And look at what happens by the time you get to verse 44. The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Now, oh, hallelujah. Lord, do it here. Gather this whole city. Gather, 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 gather this city to hear the word of the Lord. Don't you want to see that happen? I want to see that happen. What is that? That's activation. That's activation. You think they just suddenly woke up out of the different side of the bed and all all gathered? No, God put it in their hearts. God attracted the attention of those people. God gathered, gathered, gathered. Now, isn't it interesting? Here, God is gathering here in verse 44, just like he gathered in verse 1. There it was five, now it's 500, 5,000. We don't know, but whatever the population was, it seemed as though the whole city had now gathered. But it was the same Holy Spirit that activated the five to gather and is now activating the 5,000 or however many it is. It's the same activation of gathering, hallelujah. The first were believers, the second are the unbelievers, but God gathers. He activates the gathering of his people. And then The only reason there's gathering is so that there will be harvest. And look at verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the word of the Lord, and as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. What that is 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 further activation of faith. Activation of faith. Many, 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 many. The whole city gathered, and among them, many came to faith. Hallelujah. That's activation. That's salvation. It's the activation of salvation. The activation of faith that leads to salvation. And in their activation of repentance. Praise God. Praise God. Now what happens next here, before we're done with chapter 13, is there's some persecution. Uh, they drum up some lies and they pay some people a little money to, to lie about uh, Barnabas and, and Paul and, and they try to, they, they were demeaning and tried to run them out of town. But then we have two verses that really conclude this chapter and both involve activation. It says in verse 51, And they shook off the dust from their feet against them and went to to Iconium. 
I want to talk about this for a second. What does that mean, they shook off the dust from their feet? Now, this clearly goes back to what Jesus said to his disciples when he sent out the twelve. He said, now go to, this, go to village after village, and, and if they accept your word, stay with that family and bless them, and, and they'll be blessed. And if they do not accept your word, shake the dust off your feet and go to the next place. And, and so he's the one that used this word, shake the dust off your feet. Now, as I remember reading this in high school, right after I got saved, my spirit was born again, and I had a desire to read the Bible. God activated my heart to, with a desire to read the Word, and I began reading, reading, reading the Word. And I, I read through the Gospels, and I thought, well, what is this? Jesus is telling them to, to wipe the dust off their feet and go, I, I thought that was kind of rude. I thought, that's not very polite. That's not very nice of Jesus. What, what's he saying? Well, what, what does this mean? Let me just, this, I think this is an important clarification. Obviously, Jesus is not saying that people who reject the gospel are less valuable or somehow they're cursed or, or we should forget about them. That's not what throw the dust off means. It's not about the dust. It's about the fear of man. It's about a man-pleasing spirit. And when he says, shake the dust off your feet, they're not dust. But when, when you or I put more value on what people think of us than what God thinks of us, that becomes dust. The people don't become dust, but, but us putting too much stock in what other people think of us, that's dust. And to keep themselves on course, to keep them from, from becoming discouraged because some people didn't like their Facebook page or like their post or like their preaching, it wasn't going to dissuade them. It wasn't going to cause them to, to veer to the right or to the left and to quit preaching the gospel what God had called them to. That's the issue. Now, we never have an excuse to look down our nose at unbelievers that, that don't respond to the gospel, as if they owe us something, or because they dissed us that we can now diss them, or, or neighbors that, that won't accept our invitation to come to church or, or come to our life group that, that somehow we should just forget about them. No, that's not what this is saying. What it's saying almost the opposite. Don't allow their disapproval to get you off your game so that, you, that we still share the good news and offer cups of cold water and take plates of fresh baked cookies or have them over for a barbecue or a game night with neighbors that, that, that still have not awakened to Jesus. Because the same God that activated you can activate them in a moment. Don't give up on people. That's what this is saying. That's what this is saying. Stay the course. Love people. Love people lavishly. You know, I, I, that opening song this morning, The Reckless Love of God. I've heard some people knock even the word reckless. I go, God's not reckless. Well, of course. But did you know the word prodigal? Yes. 
means wasteful. That's what the word prodigal means. The prodigal father, the prodigal son, it's a story of a guy who was wasteful. It's what it is. Now, ultimately, God doesn't waste anything. We all know that. But from our perspective, there are ways that God loves people in a way that will seem to us wasteful. And, and that is the heart of Father. And so shaking the dust out does not violate the heart of the Father. It just keeps us on point so that we can love and love and love and love and share and share and share and pray and pray and pray regardless of how our neighbors respond to the gospel. Hallelujah. And then the final verse is more activation. And by the way, verse 51 is the activation of, of prevailing. A prevailing church. What is a prevailing church? A prevailing church. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to plant a prevailing church. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What he's saying is in the positive, I'm going to build a prevailing church. A church that will prevail against the, the, the obstacles. A church that will prevail against issues that come against it. That's a prevailing church. And to shake off the dust, it, it meant they came out of the persecution unscathed they prevailed in their mission. So that's prevailing activation. Now you come to the last verse. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Talk about sticking the dismount. <laughs> Boom. I mean, what a way to wrap up a chapter. That wasn't bad. Sam would be proud of me. Talk about a great way to end a chapter. And the disciples were filled. Now notice, filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. What that means is they were filled with activation. Yes. They were filled with joy that was continually being activated within them. Did you know that if you have the Holy Spirit, if your SIM card inside of you is, a, is alive, if your SIM card's been born again, you have no reason to ever lose your joy because your joy is not circumstantial. Your joy is supernatural. Any day of the week, through any trial you're facing, any obstacles, any issues, any persecution, any rejection, any loss, the Holy Spirit is ready to activate your joy. Joy! Hallelujah. I want to just put up another verse. It's Romans 14, 17, and I'd like to, let's, let's look at this. It says the kingdom of God is not, let's go here. The kingdom of God is not food or drink, but righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. The kingdom of God is not food or drink. In other words, it's not external. It's not just something we take from the outside. 
It's something that's activated within us. That's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness, the activation of righteousness. Joy, it's the activation of joy. It's the kingdom. It's the, the, the mark of the rule of God in your life is joy because it's what is activated in you when God makes himself conspicuously present to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Righteousness, joy, and peace. God wants to activate peace inside of you. That's activation. It's supernatural activation because the Wi-Fi of God's spirit communicates to the SIM card of your spirit to activate in you peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. That's powerful. A church family, how many of you would like to see more Holy Spirit activation in your life? Hallelujah. How many of you would like to see more activation through us as a church family? How many of you would love to be part of seeing as if it were like the whole neighborhood showed up to hear the word of God? Oh, Lord, give us that moment. Give us that. Bring it about in Jesus' name. No, I'd like to, worship team, if you would come. I want us to respond to the, to the message this morning. I don't think it's a time for uh, just prayer teams and ministry stations. I really think this is more of an all-in. This is more of, Lord, uh, activate my spirit by your Holy Spirit Wi-Fi and download to me activation in every area we want to experience it. Would you stand with me? Is that your heart? Is that your desire this morning? Holy Spirit, activate my human spirit to all that you have to do in me and through me.